Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is March 4th, 2020. This is the Wednesday Night War podcast at Fightful.com and FightfulPods.com. Really, anywhere you can get podcasts, we're here. A little bit of a programming note. Listing your boy did not take place today. Jimmy had a, had a bit of a, a personal situation. So instead, I did a free preview of our Fightful Select service. I did a Q&A for about 40, 45 minutes. I do those all the time. Over at FightfulSelect.com. That's the most direct way you you can support us. Subscribe over there. I had the NXT rundown. Basically everything, all the matches that were going to happen tonight. I had that up on Select very early in the episode of NXT. I got news on ROH, New Japan, and the coronavirus. Danhausen's contract status. So if you're interested in some non-main roster stuff, that's the place to be. Alex has uh, 80 plus minutes on sour graps for raw how, yeah. first first off alex how no well uh well i did i i'm probably a solid seven just on the uh, spider muppet so you know and that was one of the least consequential things that came out of there and uh now i yelled about uh, ricochet a lot and uh oh, that yeah. whole thing so you know See, here's that. the thing anytime you go on a particular like violent rant I need you to give me a time code that way I can, cause those sounds good. Those epic triggered rants, man, they do numbers. <clears throat> Indeed. They're pretty good. I'm going to do a compilation one day. We're also joined by Mr. Warren Hayes, who did a great job anchoring the AEW revolution post-show podcast this past weekend. And you can catch him on Fridays with me. You can catch him all over his own stuff too. I, I guess we can plug that. Warren, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it was a fun night to to get back into uh, AEW, which is what I was watching. It was a good Fallout show, I thought. I'm ready ready to talk about it. It was, it was good. Yeah, me too. A uh, reminder, guys, we, we've just got a ton of interviews up on the site. I mean, it seems like every day I'm posting a new interview. Just go check them out. The easy way to do that is to go to Fightful.com or FightfulWrestling.com. Underneath the Wrestling tabs, there's one that says Exclusives, and you're just going to find a ton of stories some of which other sites have picked up on some haven't i interviewed during raw 
Lita, Christy Hemme, and Gail Kim the other night that talked about their kayfabe project. It is a women's wrestling program led by women. They say it's far from PG. They want it to be mature-themed. It is, it is a great conversation. They gave me about 25 minutes of their time. Definitely go check that out. We've got AEW and NXT to talk about. Warren, one word, who won tonight? AEW. Alex. NXT. Ooh, I'm the deciding vote. And I'm very torn. I'm very torn. Because if this were the last hour of AEW, I'd say AEW. If you said the most important things, I'd probably say NXT. And when I say this, I'm at a 51-49. I'm probably going NXT tonight. Although, I think there's just a wealth of stuff in the middle of this show that meant absolutely jack shit. Mm. Like, I, the, the open and close of this show really made it for me. And let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, how, I, I come, was, how, co- how come we have to say one word and you get the you get the dissertation? Well, <laughs> Warren, here's something you might not know. It's my fucking show. It's my show. My show. So we're talking NXT. I, I will say this. AEW is on fire right now. Mm-hmm. On fire right now. And uh, upon a rewatch, because keep in mind, I watch these at the same time. Upon rewatch, I might change my mind. But we basically do this for the sake of deciding what we review first. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Uh, Alex, I had some real questions about these two as in-ring performers going into this feud. I thought that Dakota Kai needed to find another gear. I thought that she needed to really accelerate things. And I was worried about Tegan Knox staying healthy. I uh, don't need to worry about that anymore. Well, nope. may, maybe not about Dakota Kai. You always got to worry about anybody staying yeah, healthy. And, yeah, and injuries always a freak thing can happen like that. This ruled, um, and, and Raquel Gonzalez is great. Wow. Um, I'm going to keep calling her Reyna until they change it back, because uh-huh. it's a much better name than Raquel. Because <laughs> uh, as we said, Reyna means queen, and Raquel means Rachel. So yes. Reyna is a better name. Uh, uh, yeah, no, she's established herself as, as a fantastic heavy, a perfect heater for, for Dakota Kai. Um, and and I'm, I'm looking forward to her competing in ring in her own right and see how much better she's gotten since we last saw her do, you know, real work. Cause I've heard she's gotten a lot better on, on the circuit they do in Florida. Um, but I love the storytelling of this match. I thought it was really excellent. All the stuff they did back and forth. Tegan was in control, being really brutal about it. Um, but the thing really uh, started to heat up when when Ra- Raquel, when Reyna got involved. All the stuff around the door was really, really great. Uh, Dakota's, uh, you know, trying to do her running kick thing uh, to Tegan, but missing and, and kicking the door into Reyna, which I thought was going to be like, oh, no, now Reyna's mad at Dakota. But they refrained from doing that stuff. Um, uh Reyna getting involved, getting in there and blocking the doorway. So Tegan had to climb over. And at that moment, I was like, I don't know if I like how where this is going. Like, if you have to climb over, if you can't just go through the door, then go to the other side where she can't get involved. But then I realized what they did and how perfect it was. God damn, that was such a fantastic ending of Tegan being shut in the door as it's being forced all the way open so she can't climb down and Dakota being able to squeeze out through the door 
that was so creative. Like it was one of those things I was like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't process it until I like went back and watched it again. I was like, that's brilliant. I hate escape through the door yeah. cage match finishes unless you find a way to do it creatively and with urgency. And I loved that. A very good finish. You mentioned on Twitter that this show had two of the more creative cage match finishes. And it's not like we've just seen a lot of cage matches in history. We've seen a lot of them lately. Yeah. Like we've seen a bunch of them just in the last few weeks. So being able to do that is very cool. I thought this was an excellent match, a great way to continue this. Tegan seemed wronged and it didn't hurt her necessarily. This is a good way to keep her strong. Somebody, somebody said this on Twitter. And again, this is very early to say something like this, but you never know where they could morph into. They're saying this could be the women's version of a Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn feud. Like where it just lasts forever. They're always at odds with each other. You can't keep them on the same brand unless they're feuding. You got to like separate them, that kind of a thing. Because I I, I think this is something that can continue forever. And you never know if one of them winds up with a title. The other one pops up to challenge them. There's a lot of cool stuff they can do there. If you guys are watching uh, on YouTube, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. If you want your question or statement read live on the air, donate a super chat, help support the channel. Also, if you're if you're listening on other audio platforms or really any, head over to iTunes. Leave us a nice review. Uh, we don't get as many as other people because we have a, a large portion of our audience on other platforms. So that stuff really helps. Warren, any thoughts on this cage match? That it was a little bit controversial building up to, especially right after a week after Corbin Reigns and the week following Wardlow Cody. Uh, I thought that they did really, 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 really well. Uh, I was able to watch a good part of it because I was listening to the opening segment on EW in the meantime. So I was able to look uh, to, to watch it. Most of it, I thought they did a fantastic job, uh, especially for you know NXT just on regular TV. I love the spots. The high spots were perfect. Nothing, you know, nothing ridiculous. Just a good old fashioned. A cross body from the top rope. And like you guys said, like Alex said, the ending, I dug the ending so much. It was really, really good. I would be completely okay if Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai were to fight forever, uh, essentially, because uh, they just have chemistry together. Everything they've done so far works. So why not just tap into that whenever whenever, whenever the, the well runs dry? As I'm really okay with it. I love I loved everything about this. I kind of miss uh, chaps wearing uh, 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 bull rope toting Reina Gonzalez, to be perfectly honest. I think she looks a little too ordinary, but her ro- she's perfect for her role, though. Yeah, she's been doing great in this role. Uh, we get a video package narrated by Finn ba- Balor about Walter and Imperium. I had somebody ask me, do I think this will happen at Mania Weekend or uh, I think it was Dublin? I think it happens at both, Alex. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that they, they can easily run this back with cool, different stipulations. Do, do one where, you know, but I mean, there's obviously got to be a, a Reyna versus, uh, I'm Tegan at, match at some point. Sorry. I meant Balor and Walter. Oh, sorry. Sorry, man. I pay, I, it, I pay attention, Alex. What? Sorry. This is why you get paid the mediocre bucks. This is true. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think I think Walter and, and Finn uh, has has the potential to be something really special 
because um, because Finn is such a great tweener right now. Like he's obviously the baby face in the feud with with Walter, but as soon as that's over, he can go right back to being this ruthless, uh, leather clad. You know, like he's just he's just great. Uh, he's he's the best Finn we've seen under the yeah. WWE umbrella right now. Uh, this this video promo was excellent, um, and I'm. Uh, this is one of those things you could really ride through and figure out where he where you want to go with it because Finn Finn's money right now and everybody people were talking about how he he gets um he had to get pulled back over to Raw or SmackDown now that he's finished slumming it in NXT and like uh no like I don't I don't <laughs> trust those people to handle this Finn well at all like he'll be about right back to popping collars and you know doing his little thing to the crowd in like two weeks and it won't, it won't work anymore. Chelsea green defeated Shotzi Blackheart. This is just a, a way to get Chelsea some wins. And after the way they introduced her, I feel like they kind of needed to. Yeah, no, she, she lost too many weird matches along the way. She needed to get a win. Uh, this is one of those, these things I, they haven't, have they been specific about how many qualifying matches there are for how many spots in this number one contenders ladder match? Um, because like, I, I don't know, but I, I kind of would have liked to have seen both of these women in that match. I think Shotzi would have, would have been a really cool, like mm-hmm. different type of woman to be in that kind of a match. And also it's about time they started using Chelsea green properly. Cause she's fantastic. Like I, I would have liked to have seen both of these the women in there, but if, if you, if you made me pick one, I'll say Chelsea, because I think her ceiling is probably higher considering all the amazing stuff she did in Impact. Um, but I, I do love Shotzi, and it's one of those things where, like, that kind of gimmick can catch fire in full sail, and they'll propel it to a point where they have to start taking her seriously because she gets so over with the crowd. We saw a video from earlier in the day of uh, Austin Theory talking, and he's interrupted by Isaiah Swerve Scott who challenges him later in the evening. We'll go ahead and talk about that now. Um, I, I like, the, after they've introduced Austin Theory, now they start to utilize him. Now they're like, okay, he lost to Ciampa, and that's fine. But Swerve Scott, who is, I, I don't, isn't that far beyond Austin Theory on the totem pole in NXT as is, but comes with a little bit more regard, so to speak, from those that, that might watch NXT. I thought this was a smart match to put on, and it really shows sort of the embarrassment of riches that these yeah. that this brand has, at least from in-ring talent. They, they could go away in having maybe some more colorful characters, but from an in-ring perspective, it is an embarrassment of riches. And uh, like I kept saying, I think Swerve Scott, he's about to find that something that makes yeah. him just blow everybody out of the water. Yeah, the thing is, he's, he has it. There's like like Like... He has it. He's amazing. I, I, I've been a huge fan of Swerve Scott um, uh, for years. Um, I, I, I loved him in, in Lucha Underground as Killshot, uh, the, the masked uh, black guy luchador, which is a really cool thing that they did with him. Uh, he had one of the damnedest hardcore matches I've ever seen with Marty the Moth Martinez. Uh, where Just crazy, amazing spots they did in that match. Um, this guy's really, really talented. I think Austin Theory has a has a has a very bright future. 
Um, I think Isaiah, Isaiah Swerve Scott is the guy you ride with right now. So I'm not sure that I love the outcome of this particular match. I think that they need to be pushing Swerve further up, you know, higher in this echelon of guys in the mid card who, who could get a push. I, I'd go for Swerve before I would go for Austin Theory just now because Austin Theory, again, has a very, very bright future. Um, but, you know, he's he's got the look. And I, I I agree he's talented. I just I think I think that Swerve is just <coughs> so special. If they if they give him a little bit of a nudge, he'd be so great. We also saw Keith Lee come out, and I'm gonna toss it to Warren on this one because I, I I gave you the fair heads up, Warren. I told you you were about to be very happy after Keith Lee comes out. Cameron Grimes follows, full hat in tow, and I gotta say. I loved this promo. This this might have been the one thing where I was like, okay, this complimented the two cage matches enough for to set it over the top for me because Cameron Grimes got a level of heat that you could not have expected. And the thing is, he was great with it, and Keith Lee was great with it. I thought they both over-delivered. I thought they both overperformed, And I like that they're saying, you know what? Uh, title match next week. Let's rock with it. Let's go. Because Cameron Grimes is going to deliver in the ring, too. There's a whole lot of people that I don't think understand what exactly he can do in the ring, and they're mm-hmm. about to find out. The first, first and foremost, I think if we go back to when Cameron Grimes debuted uh, last year, I, he had a couple of disastrous initial promos. I don't know if you if y'all remember, but his first promos weren't, it weren't. It wasn't that at all. So I was a little anxious when I saw him come out with the microphone, but he handled himself wonderfully. And full sale is full on against him. This was fantastic heat that that he that he got. This kind of reminded me, on a smaller scale, of course, of that infamous uh, uh, Elias Kevin Owens promo that we got where. Both guys are just sitting there and they can't say a single word because the audience just wants to murder them. I adore the fact that Full Sail are completely against Cameron Grimes because he has this elevated sense of fashion that they just cannot, that they are unable to completely comprehend. So all they can do is hate on him instead of embracing him for the glorious fashion plate that he is. Alex, title match next week. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a really great match. Uh, this is the kind of stuff they should be doing on NXT uh, all the time. Great TV matches with titles on the line. Let them change hands a couple of times. Not in this case, but I think yeah. there's no reason why you couldn't have a title. Uh, like that should You should watch NXT knowing you're going to get at least one title match because they've got four of them not, not obviously not in, during mania season but once that's when that's once that's over you can just have random title matches you're going to get a title match every week on NXT and once a month something something crazy happens you know like like you could do a lot of fun stuff which is why it becomes appointment viewing because you always know something's going to be on the line and you never know yeah. what might happen that they, that create that kind of um that atmosphere like there was a, there was a time way back in the Samoa Joe and Finn Balor days where they where they did a, a title change at a house show in Newbury, Massachusetts, and and NXT all of a sudden for a while there, NXT house shows like 
became this thing like you never know what they might do at an NXT yeah. house show when they're on the road. That should be the feel of NXT TV. Like, get people to come and watch the show live because you never know when you might check Twitter and go, holy shoot, like, who who just became title? Like, the, 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 the North American title holder? Like, that could be a great thing they could do. Rob Wilkins says, even Helen Keller could design a better hat. And she's dead. Forget, forget, forget all the other stuff. She's dead. That'd be very impressive. I'm very disappointed in you, Rob. Undisputed Era defeated Lorkin and Birch. Of course, this is good. Like, why? How is it not going to be good? Of course, it's great. Yeah. And of course, Undisputed Era win. Uh, after the match, Undisputed Era get on the mic and say that it's good to be winning again, and they're going to capture the tag titles. But they're interrupted by the Broserweights, who then get attacked by the Grizzled Young Vets. And I gotta say, the Grizzled Young Vets are such a welcome addition, even though they definitely fit the white boy tag team mold that is NXT. Like, give me some diversity on this show, please. It it legit looks like you're at a, like a Mike Pence fundraiser if you were to, like, (laughs) look over the tag team division. It is... I, I, it is I will disturbingly say- white, and I'm not saying that it's like some kind of woke shit. I'm just saying like everybody's that looks the same. Yeah, I, 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 I will, I will say uh, this: um, you got guys who were on uh, Raw and and SmackDown openly asking to be moved to NXT so they yeah. could be part of the tag division. Like Ali and Alexander are like, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool? If, you know, you could go to NXT and be part of this awesome tag division and they're like, hey, I should we, we want to go. Let's go together. And like like just openly saying, please be So there's certainly diversity out there that wants to be moved. I will say also loved the finish. Only Lorcan doing his running back and forth uh, between uh, from corner to corner doing his his running uppercuts and gets caught in the middle by their uh, by by the, the UE's finisher by by. Um, O'Reilly and Fitch's finisher that that was awesome. Danny Birch, I just I just love. What, I, yes, you're right. They're all completely the same, but he feels so unique. He feels like a, a Guy Ritchie character, like just <laughs> bald and just like he like he's got years of just like you feel like he fought dudes in alleys when he was six, like that that kind <laughs> of look on his face. I love Danny Birch so much. Um, also love. Matt Riddle coming out and speaking for Pete Dunn um, and just being this, the guy, only guy on, who even holds a mic um, and how that's immediately echoed by Zach Gibson being the only guy who's allowed to talk for the Grizzly Young Vets. I mean, I don't watch a lot of NXT UK. I've never heard James Drake's voice. Like, I don't, is, is he a functional mute? Like, he's <laughs> never has the, he never has the mic. Gibson's great, but I honestly don't know if, if, what, what Drake even sounds like. It would be nice to hear Warren, it at you, some point. You covered these guys for quite a while, so, I mean, you, yeah. you know them very well. It's a, it, James Drake speaking is beside the point, Alex. It's, <laughs> it, it, well, the beside the point. No, you've never heard his voice either. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You clearly have one of the better talkers in the company and a guy who is a a natural, natural heat. He is the Bob in this Jay and Silent outfit. There you go. Um, I, I, I do love uh, Gibson just because he has one volume 
That's the only volume, and it's like a 12. And it's just like, we are the Eagles of Young Veterans, and we are soon to be recognized as the world's number one. He's he's white and he's got a beard too, Sean. Look at him go. (laughs) I believe that title change was in Lowell, Massachusetts, not uh, West West Newberry, unless they did it at John Cena's house. Very, very possible that I mixed up the towns in Massachusetts. <laughs> Thank you to Throwback for years ago. correcting yes. us with that. Johnny Gargano. He's doing a sit-down with Morrow. Johnny gets increasingly agitated over the questioning. Uh, <laughs> calls Morrow a liar and gets in his face. Uh, Morrow got upset and leave, or left, and Johnny grabbed the camera and says he's going to show everyone... Why and how Tommaso is a puppet master next week as we go to commercial. Your thoughts, Alex? I really liked a lot of this and then also kind of got iffy in it at places. But I really did love the beginning of it where, like, uh, Gargano was like, you and I have known each other for a long time, Morrow. And I was the, remember I was the only one who came to the, to the opening of your documentary that you did. And, and, and Morrow says, you know what? And that made that meant the world to me, Johnny and I. Thank you. Like there was just two guys having a conversation, and then you see how how Gargano's mind is leaving him right now. Like he's so out there and crazed by all of this stuff with Champa. Like how? I mean, like honestly, like I I love the idea of of the, you just think about the psychology of it. Like Gargano is was always the was always really the good guy in that feud between him and Ciampa. Like, it got iffy with the whole, oh, he attacked Alistair Black thing. But, like, he always at least thought of himself as that. Ciampa turned on him. Ciampa, like, tried to injure him. Yeah. And and like, the idea that, that Ciampa could go away for a while and then come back to a hero's welcome. Like, like he and I kind of buried the hatchet, but he's always been the bastard. Like, why doesn't everybody see this? I, I like, I feel like... Johnny Gargano feels like he's taking crazy pills. Sure. Like, like, and that's, that's a, that's a really great way of making him lose his mind as well. And just him getting up in the face of, of Morrow and Morrow being like, uh, I'm uncomfortable here. I'm just going to leave. I thought that was all really good. And it made me uncomfortable, which is why I was iffy about it. I think it's probably therefore very, uh, uh, a a very effective segment, but I did feel uncomfortable watching it. Tag titles are also on the line next week. Uh, or actually, uh, we have the Steel Cage matchup next. The North American Championship uh, is on the line next week, as mentioned. Uh, Velveteen and, and the ta- and the tag titles are on the line next week as well. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, it's undisputed, or it's uh, who? What's the tag title match for next week? It's uh, UE versus uh, versus uh, you know the Broserweights. Okay. I, I expect it to, to be to be to end in uh, uh, Grizzly Young Vets run in and us to get a, a triple threat of some kind in the future. Yeah, sorry, our recap was a little bit wrong, but uh, steel cage match. Velveteen Dream def- or did not defeat Roderick Strong. Could have. Mm-hmm. We get to the to the end of the match, and Velveteen Dream is up on the top of the cage, and I, honest to God, thought he was about to jump onto the pile outside, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Please don't! You just came back." Don't do it. <laughs> but instead, he ends up jumping to the mat, which was also gnarly, and yeah. pushes Roderick Strong out of the ring so he can win. Also, he can lock Adam Cole in. Now, I have positives and negatives of this. One, I don't think Dream should be rewarded for losing a match. 
in right. any way that he lost it. However, it is a way to maybe goad Adam Cole, and that's how I would like for it. I would like Dream to get inside of Adam Cole's head so much that Adam Cole wants to fight Velveteen Dream. I don't want yes. Adam Cole to be a coward all the time. He's a very good wrestler, and he he needs to want to fight Velveteen Dream. That was the thing about Goldust back in the day. For whatever means, he would get into your head to the point to where you would want to fight him. And I think that's what Velveteen Dream can do. Uh, but I do like the idea of Dream and Adam Cole. How do you feel? Uh, I I uh, I liked I liked the the the, uh, the cage match, and I loved um, the the end. I agree with you. He shouldn't be necessarily rewarded for losing the match. But if the end goal was just to get some alone time with Adam Cole, it was perfect. Like go them all, like to get come in the ring and then get everybody else out. Throw out Roddy. I don't care if I lose the match because it's not about that. It's about kicking the ass of Adam Cole, who we all know is the ringleader of all these guys anyway, and just happens to have the uh, the you know the NXT title around his waist. Perfect. And and I believe you're correct that Adam Go- Adam Cole should be like re- should demand that Regal give him a match versus Velvet Dream Dream to punish to punish him for, for what he did to make him look bad. Um, but yeah, this was this was all really really great. And Dream, Dr- Dream's smile to to the guys on the outside after he you know locked the door with the, with the handcuffs was all was just so perfect. Um, it, as I said, as I've said many times, Dream is the kind of guy you could build this show around. He could be appointment viewing. People would want to tune in to see whatever Dream does every week. I there's something about the setting of NXT that dark setting. That doesn't fit Velveteen to me. I think he's such a colorful character. Mm-hmm. I do think that the, the production of, a, of an AEW would fit him better. That's why I wish NXT would turn the lights up sometimes. I get they mm-hmm. want to stick with what brought him to the dance, but that was NXT. Did you guys see my epic triggered rant on Denise last night? She did not know that Mark Wahlberg used to be Marky Mark. She had no idea. Didn't yeah. know. Didn't know I- about any of that. Can you believe I that? saw it. You saw I it. I saw it. I was I was frankly disappointed. Um, Man, yeah. What yeah, what are they teaching kids in school? I don't these know. Days? I don't know. And you know, there are a lot of people that use Mark as a derogatory term, but I don't think so. Because quite frankly, if you want somebody to become a Marky Mark for your erect penis and enjoy the performance from your funky bunch, well, let's give them the good vibrations of your dick. Thanks to BlueChew.com and that code FIGHTFUL. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they'll work. But you'll be able to come on, come on whenever you want. That's right. That performance is going to be top-notch. You don't have to have a problem to use this stuff. Go number one. Platinum with that dick. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. And let me tell you, it's it's a lot cheaper, it's a lot faster. It's a lot more effective than those other guys. Because you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy, you don't have to wait in line at the doctor, you don't have to call to make a doctor's appointment. It's prescribed online by BlueChew-affiliated physicians. Get straight to your door. You know, like, you have to you used to have to go to Sam Goody to buy a CD, to buy your Funky Bunch <laughs> CD. No, now you can get it right to your door. Same thing with, with BlueChew and your erect penis. And it's ready when you are. 
whether that be, I don't know, 1991 or 2020. I'm assuming you have a time machine if you're going back to 1991 to use your erect penis. But I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge you, what you do. Just, you know, keep it legal, my friends. I will say it's very ironic that you mentioned that, you know, Blue Chew comes right to your door and and you have to go out to Sam Goody to buy your Marky Mark CD. I believe I actually got the Marky Mark CD sent to me via Columbia House. This is like Columbia House for your dick because here's the here's the reality, Alex. Nobody ever paid for Columbia House. No. Nobody ever paid for Columbia House. And yep. the, here's the thing. I'm not making you pay for Blue Chew right now because when you when you use the code FIFA, you get it free. Yeah, Columbia it's House like, cost a penny. Yeah. Blue Chew is free. That's, yes. that's 100% less. This is cheaper than Columbia House. You're going to get good vibrations for cheaper than Columbia House when you use that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. Let them know you heard about them from us at Blue Chew. I don't see you all doing that enough. Say, damn, that Blue Chew at Blue Chew read from Sean Ross Sapp was awesome. Sure, they're signed up for the rest of the year. But let them know why they need to sign up through 2024, <laughs> 2025. I want them to hit me with the AEW on TNT deal. Damn. Damn. <sighs> I'm telling you, all you got to do is pay free. You won't get 12 CDs, but, uh, you know, you know what's coming. CDs nuts. There's some pun there. I'm sure. <laughs> oh. AEW Dynamite after Revolution. I can tell you guys, I was at Revolution. That show kicked ass. <laughs> I have never, ever been a part of a crowd that delivers in the way that an AEW crowd delivers, and it happens every single show. TV, pay-per-view. Pay-per-view is obviously better, but TV does it too. And Go can ahead. we talk just for a second on why, Sean? I think it's important to underscore it because it because of the connection that AEW created while they weren't even AEW, when they were called the elite over New Japan doing BTE because they were bored out of their minds and they wanted to get themselves over. The connection that they've created just by going to the grassroots fan and building their YouTube channel, building their presence, just it's literally something that was built from the ground up. John Moxley touched on it when he won the title on Sunday, uh, Saturday, excuse me, and again tonight. And it's even more truth There's truth, even more truth to it, excuse me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When, at, when the cameras turn off and they get AEW super fans in the ring, it's the exact same thing. Then these pictures get tweeted out. 
people get excited about it uh, to look at it on Twitter. That's what their whole MO is, as opposed to another company who will uber protect their talent and try try to say, oh, yes, we love our fans, but not really show any real love to it. This is just part of their strategy, and it's working real, real well because you have crowds who are invested in the product. And that it, it's, a, it's a thing that they've been doing even before AEW was a twinkle in the elite's eye. So the show kicks off, and you know, this is a good show. Wasn't mm-hmm. expecting anything else but a good show from these guys. Um, and I'm sure upon second watch, it'll be even better because there's going to be little things that I miss. Uh, Chuck Taylor against Pack, a good match and a natural match to put these two together uh, because of the awesome match that Pack and Orange Cassidy had. Pack ends up winning, and damn. Damn, this was so good. And I'm kicking off with this for a reason. Because uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that I got to tie into one segment, so to speak. Sure. We end up seeing another heel stable out of this. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. Because quite frankly, I'm not interested in the Lucha Bros by themselves. or any. I, I, I'm burned out of them. One, I saw them on every goddamn wrestling show for two years. They were like they were like the Tommy Dreamer of every wrestling promotion. You got a battle royal, Tommy Dreamer's showing up. You got a tag match, the Lucha Bros are showing up. Uh, I thought that Chuck Taylor did awesome. I loved how much commentary sold that pile driver out of the corner, and they did that the right way. I you know I hate fewer things in wrestling than a pile driver getting kicked out of because mm-hmm. I think it is the single most gasp-worthy move in any way. A pile driver, because we've seen it hurt people, paralyze people, break people's necks. But what Chuck Taylor did to kind of cover for it, and I don't know if it was conscious, I'm going to assume it was because he's really good, he barely covered Pack. He was so tired. Tony Schiavone said, man, that was a bad cover. He said, I hate to be critical, but he had a lot taken out of him. He only covered one shoulder. Pack was able to get that up too easy. Damn, that's good shit. That's the stuff that I watch wrestling for. I, I like things to make sense. After the match, Lucha Brothers hit the ring and attack everybody. Pack grabs the microphone to declare himself and the Lucha Brothers the death triangle. This was an awesome segment. And even by the time I'm done reviewing this, I might change my mind on who won tonight. Just because I remembered how good this was. This was great, Warren. It was a great match. Uh, you know, th- a lot of people out there don't like Chucky e. T and I don't get it. I don't understand why. Uh, he's he's uh, he's a storyteller, and I agree. I think that the uh, him uh, sloppily pinning uh, Pack was not an accident. I think it was part of the. I think it was part of the program. You know, Pack getting a faction or being a part of a trio is amazing. I think it's going to do. It's going to add a little extra personality to him. That I think is missing, and then as at the same time, it's going to reinvigorate our desire to see more Lucha Bros. But let's be honest; I think we're all a little tired of Pentagon. I think that's mostly yeah. it. Um, but uh, I like the idea of there being multiple factions in AEW. Maybe taking a page from New Japan and having all these groups around. I can dig it. Now we have the inner circle. We have the. Uh, uh, we have the Death Triangle, uh, so we've got a lot of geometry arts, based. Jura- Jurassic Express, Inner Circle, SCU, Best Friends, uh, Dark Order, sure. Nightmare Family, 
uh, the Bucks and Kenny. There's there's so many, and I love and, it. And, and I think we should lean more into uh, to uh, geometry based uh, geometry names as well, such as the Hellacious Hexagon, the Dodecahedron of uh, of Doom, uh, the Salacious Squares, maybe Pernicious mm-hmm. Parallelogram. They're the we just could go on all night doing this. Yeah, um, I- I'm looking for the the female stable, the Queens of Quadrilateral. I think that'd be a good one. That's, that's fantastic. That's a really good one. Um, maybe the Sean Ross Rhombuses. I think that would be the Sean Rhombus Sap. Okay, there we go. I'm down for <laughs> it. I like it. Uh, yeah, I just thought this was done really, really well. But it was so isolated from the rest of the show. Because there there are certain topics we have to talk about in relation to the the opening match. Cole Cabana, SCU, take on Dark Order. And I thought this was great. I was in the house for the Colt Cabana debut. They could not have picked a better spot to debut him. On the pre-show, where mm-hmm. everybody could see and everybody could hear his superstar reaction. And I'm, I think Colt Cabana is an amazing hire. He can work in the ring. He can work on commentary. He can be a producer. Oh, by the way, if you need some help working merch, he's pretty much an expert in that field, too. <laughs> yep. Uh, you got a podcast on Thursdays. You ever need somebody to fill in for Aubrey or Tony Schiavone? Hey, he knows a thing or two about that, too. He's an mm-hmm. awesome hire. Um, I like that. Uh, Alex, I didn't get to hear you talk much about the AEW hire of Colt Cabana, but they've been busy lately. And... Um, they, they've been busy hiring some vets. I mean, Jake's the snake tonight, for the love of God. Uh, Lance Archer. They're bringing in some well-traveled people to compliment these these young guys. Yeah, I I, I, I would have liked to have seen Lance Archer tonight. Um, as, as advertised. As, as advertised. Um, yeah, Colt, Colt Cabana is, has never been my jam, but I totally respect him and, and his work and what he, what he brings to a, to a, a promotion like AEW. Um, I think that's that's all fantastic. The, the Jake the Jake Roberts thing is out of left field and totally interesting. All these people who we we believe are debuting imminently. We had uh, a thing today where it appears as though Matt Hardy is is coming to AEW simply because by virtue of his free the delete uh, spot with the Young Bucks. There's a lot of really interesting things happening with AEW, and as I said. Uh, on on Sour Graps uh, last night, AEW presents a completely viable alternative to WWE for either guys who were th- who were there at one point, are there now, and feeling unfulfilled or whatever. They can figure out a way if they once they can get out of a- WWE, they can fake a way to AEW, and it's a it's a completely viable alternative as opposed to I'm going to go work the indies for a while. Like there's a as a as a, a complete completely viable alternative there. And also guys who are on the indies, maybe their end point isn't WWE. Mm-hmm. Maybe their end point is AWS. Maybe that's their goal. Maybe the yeah. guy who's, maybe the kid who's breaking in at 17, 18 years old right now sees AEW as the place that he wants to go, not WWE. It's a really interesting time for wrestling altogether. Colt Cabana and SCU pick up the win. And after the match, evil Uno gets on the microphone to say that heads will roll when the exalted one arrives. Uh, now, we'll briefly talk about the match, Warren, but today Matt Hardy did show up on, or actually the Young Bucks showed up on his show briefly. Uh, you have Brody Lee coming soon. At this point, I don't think it's either one of them. 
I think Matt Hardy's got to be a baby face with the way he's coming in. You know, well, we have to tie this into another segment because I have a theory. I don't look. Uh, That's fine. But look, Matt Hardy coming into AEW is probably the best, smartest thing he could do other than going back to impact because it's not exactly the impact that he left either. Uh, and, um, you know, I always thought he might go back there because that's really where his renaissance happened. Right. But it makes sense for him to head over to AEW. Uh, and I'm happy and I'm happy that he's going to get to do something for a few, a few more years, something that he'll feel fulfilled in. And that as fans, we know he can still contribute to, so that's going to be important. And you touched on it with Colt Cabana, bringing a guy like Matt Hardy in, guys who can produce, guys who are super creative. Um, Colt Cabana, yes, he can go in the ring, but he, like you said, he's a jack of all trades. He's a master of a couple, and he, it's a long-term hire for them. It's he, They clearly didn't hire him just for the in-ring. He's got a lot to give. And a lot to bring to a company. And I think it's the same thing with Matt Hardy. I think, you know, Matt Hardy is not, you know, it's not the same Matt Hardy that we had 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Of course, he's a little more banged up. He can't go as much as he can. But that's not the point. You want a guy like Matt Hardy to sort of help guide along a guy like uh, like Jungle Boy or yeah. Darby Allen that'll just help elevate their 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 understanding of how of how a ring match is, uh, uh, excuse me, a wrestling match is structured. It's fantastic stuff. It's absolutely fantastic stuff. I liked the match too. It was oh, it was I loved good. the match. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, you know, I I kind of like SCU better when they're a trio. I find that they're a lot more fun. Their offense is a lot more explosive. It had been a while since we had seen all three wrestle, and and it was refreshing. It was good. I really like SCU as a trio. Big Swole squashed Leva Bates and. To be quite honest with you, as wonderful of a person as Leva Bates is, it's the right use for her. And and quite frank, I mean, quite frankly, she's just not at the level of a lot of the other women. And Big Swole is, and Big Swole should have had a win. We do have a question from Dante, who sends a very generous super chat. Thank you, Dante. He says, "I liked most of AEW Dynamite, but I feel like we're one step ahead, two step backs with the women's division. Three to four minutes on a two-hour show. Where are Bia, Jamie, Sadie?" It's hard to build with two, three hours a week, uh, but I feel like they can do more. Well, one, Sadie is nowhere near television ready, and I mean no, she's not. nowhere. She basically got hired off of clips from what I understand. They're still like sending her mm. through training. I don't think that Jamie is signed. I don't even think she's got a contract. Jamie, um, Hader's, not, Jamie Hader's not around anymore. Yeah. She's not. So, like, uh, that, they're, they're just not there. Bia is... She's been, well, she's busy in stardom. Yeah, she's busy. she has she's, been. I don't think she's wrestled there for a couple of weeks, but yeah, she's that's where she's been for the. She, I mean, she's loaded with stardom too. Hmm. And you know, she she lives in Japan. Uh, her boyfriend lives in Japan, so there's a lot happening there. Um, yes, yes, and I will agree. But if we are going to take what happened this evening in a bubble. This was exactly what they needed to do with Big Swole. This, yes. and, and it's something that they need to do with a lot of their talent moving forward. Just give them squash matches. Mm-hmm. Not you, They don't always have to be 8 to 10 minute competitive matches. Especially in the case of a, of a talent like Big Swole who is power offense, who is meant to be a powerhouse. 
just let her run through someone. And that's how you build a star. And this is something we've talked about a couple of times on the show. Despite how much we love AEW and their approach to building matches, not all matches have to be 10 to 15 minute competitive things. They can be shorter, especially if it is to establish stars, establish people that you're supposed to care about. This is how we, this is how, uh, in the case of Big Swole tonight, and I will even argue in the case of Jake Hager later on, this is how you make people care or understand why you need to care about these people. It's not necessarily always a, 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 a 15-minute marathon they need to run. Just a well-placed squash. It was the perfect use of Big Swole tonight. I thought so, too, and, and you need that. Also, Britt Baker on commentary, very good. Oh, man, like, I think it was J.R. or Tony Schiavone that said, we've heard the inspiring story of Big Swole, and she's like, whoa, I'm a dentist. I went through medical school while I wrestled. (laughs) Or I went through dentist school while I wrestled. That's inspiring. And I was like, okay, that's that's good shit. I love that they've taken them beating us over the head with it, and now she's beating us over the head with it. And now the commentary team's like, yeah, it's not that exciting to talk about, actually, the, the dentist thing. Mm-hmm. So that was very good as well. Cody promo. He says that he doesn't know that he can take everything after losing to MJF. He wants MJF to come to the ring and tell him that he won fair and square. And Jake the Snake Roberts sounded like he smoked a carton before he got there. <laughs> comes out and says that he's tired of listening to Cody cry and bitch. Now, the catch-22 of this is when you have a legend like this come out, they're going to get a pop, that respect pop. But Robert says it took him 20 years to get clean and right, and he's not going to be a nice boy and play right anymore. Let me tell you, um, I, I don't know how I feel about having another 80s star come in and work as a manager, but that remains to be seen. We'll see how it goes. They do it a lot, but here's the thing. If it's good, it's good. I don't care. Mm-hmm. This, Alex, did you get to see this promo? Oh yeah, no. I, I as soon as I thought it was Jake Roberts, well, I was like, "Let me figure out where this is so I can go back to it during an NXT commercial yeah, break." And I watched. This seems the whole like thing. A, this seems like a thing we get your quick input on. This yes. is a far cry from Bret Hart introducing the AEW title belt. Like there, there are quite frankly, there are some people that lose it even with promos. Jake is not. Yeah. No man, this was great. I I pers- personally. Uh, as 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 a, as an old stage actor who cut my teeth doing Shakespeare, I loved his mocking of calling uh, Cody Hail Caesar. Mm-hmm. I come not to praise you, but to slay you. That was so great. I loved all that. Um, uh, I'm very intrigued as to who his client is. Um, uh, but I I I I love these little dig at Arn Anderson. You can break. You can have that one trick pony Arn Anderson out there. That's great. And I loved the, the last line. You know, a wise man once told me um, to never turn your back on a man you respect or a man that you fear. And then he turns his back on Cody. That was like, ooh, so, so friggin' great. I'm I'm totally here for whatever they do with Jake the Snake Roberts as, as a manager of talent in AEW. I think he should be great. Uh, Warren, what did you think of this? I, I thought it was an interesting approach. And I've got a little bit more to say about this after the MJF thing, which we'll go into. I mean, we might we might as well roll that into this right after. But Jake Roberts, the I loved how he came out and just went right into business. 
You know, it's, and honestly, this is not something that we, I don't think any of us really expected. Cause when you see the legends come out, usually it's like yeah, good job, kid. It's good to be back in the ring. Jake Roberts is like, you know, at first I thought he had a runny nose, but it turns out he was just <laughs> smelling the ring. I thought it was like, give me a Kleenex someone, but uh, he just goes right into it. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm not here to listen to you complain. You lost a match. He got whooped. You know, it's okay. Okay. So he's given him a, a, a harsh lesson, but no, he picked it up a notch. And he said, he's not just here to say, uh, toughen up kid. It's like, uh, I'm going to take you down. I'm yeah. here to ruin you. I'm not here to take a piece of the pie. I'm here to take your piece of the pie. Uh, wow. Okay. This is, and it, it, I thought it was super captivating. And this is where I think the Dark Order thing rolls in here. I'm I'm starting to think that Jake Roberts is the exalted one. It would make absolute sense. And be, just because Evil Uno when they lost the match at the uh, at the uh, at the start of the show, when they lost the match he said the exalted one is going to be pissed. He says he's going to be really really angry. Well, we got a really, really angry Jake Roberts who comes in and not only says, not not only puts down Cody, but is like, I'm here to tear this stuff down. I'm going to destroy what you have built kind of thing. So I think there's there's a connection that happened there. I would not be surprised if Roberts was revealed to be yeah. uh, to be the exalted one just off the, the – and, and if that's it, then they dropped two very subtle hints this evening, and if that's where we led to, well, by God, I'll be I'll be enchanted. I think it'd be a, a great payoff. I don't usually answer questions that aren't super chats, but this one was so ridiculous. I wanted to point it out. They said, "Why does WWE get shit on for using legends, but AEW doesn't?" Oh, I must oh have God. missed Jake uh, Roberts, sh- Tully Blanchard winning the fucking title. Hey, do the we, fucking do we want- title. You can you can also tune in to my NWA recap show, which I do on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I'm go- I give NWA the same amount of crap yeah. for their use of the Rock and Roll Express. We trash them all the time about that. We were like, man, do they really need to lean into that so much? No, they don't. Man, DDP was used in a tag match. That was it. That was it. We do have a good super chat. James O'Work says, for AEW, who could they snag up that maybe has some uh, big name recognition? Maybe like the WWE's former Caitlyn. If you're talking about the women's division, I don't think they should snag up anybody because they've got too many people they're not doing anything with. If I look outside the company at people that could be brought in, sadly, the the most prime name, I think, is Kylie Ray, and she ain't going back, I don't think. But uh, as far as other women that they could bring in, Layla Hirsch, Solo Darling is very good. Jody Threat is very, very good. Jazz is still out there. Jazz is still out there. Jazz has had some consistency issues, though, like as far as being able to stay in the ring. But I, I could see her coming in for once. Ivelisse is still out there. Ivelisse is still out there as well. There's there's quite a few people. If you mean uh, other than, than uh, women... I don't know if there's a ton of people that aren't that haven't been done to death. I mean, I could see them bringing Nick Gage in for like a one shot or something, like for a special appearance or something like that. But I don't know if there's anybody. I think they need to stick with what they're doing. Early on, when I talked with people at AEW, like 
when they would hear about Hideo Itami asking for his release before he was Kenta, they were mm-hmm. like, no, nah, we, we don't want to lean too heavily on that. We will at times if it calls for it, but they didn't want to lean too heavily on the XWDB people. I know that some people will hear that and go, well, but, 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 but they got like five people that used to be a WWE. What are you talking about? They don't want to pick up everybody. So there you go. FYI. QT Marshall got beat. <laughs> so at the post at the post show scrub, <laughs> Brandy Rhodes goes, "How come you all haven't asked how QT Marshall throws that apple up in the air and catches it?" And then QT throws his phone up in the air and does not catch it <laughs> at all. <laughs> There's a clip of that on my Twitter. Jake Hager wins. Yeah, sure. Inner Circle ends up beating up both of them. But then Cody hits the ring in a jacket, which I understand you didn't like, which is horseshit. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You misunderstood. I. That's the thing. The jacket is so nice oh. and fit. Nice and f- well tailor-made for your boy Cody. Cody, just take the thing off. Before you start roughhousing. He looked, he looked to me like a superhero that didn't have time to change into his, like, like how Clark can't, like, he'll, he'll still whip your ass outside of his <laughs> Superman clothes, I bet. Sure. So he just didn't have time to slick his hair down and take his glasses off, and he had to power slam. Uh, Matt Jackson shows up. Kenny Omega and Nick Jackson are not there. Hangman Page shows up. Cleans house, flips off Matt Jackson. Now, this is after they hyped up that tag match from last Saturday appropriately. They didn't have a quote from me, which, horseshit, but (laughs) still, (laughs) probably nothing that I would have said about that match live would have been suitable for TV because I was in awe of it. Uh, I liked everything about this, right down to QT Marshall with his new nightmare family getting that ass whipped. I liked it. It was all good, and... Look at how fantastic, how fan, how they continue down this magnificent path into making Hangman Adam Page a superstar. He hits the buckshot lariat and the place becomes unglued, mm-hmm. Sean. It's ridiculous. They're doing such a good, good job. Plus, continue adding some seeds where he starts arguing with Matt, uh, Matt Jackson, whom both of uh, both of which last Saturday were the hotheads on their on their respective teams, right? And it's still there. The tension's still there. They flip each other off, and Hangman goes to drink in the audience. And boy, uh, he's collecting. He was collecting the drinks as he was going up the ramp. He was. Uh, he had his hands full. He had some in his mouth. That's he's fantastic. That Look, cor- he's trying to get that coronavirus. So anyway, Adam Page is really, really, he's fantastic. I mean, they're doing such a good job with him. Good job. We see highlights from Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. So that was the extent of Nyla on this show. Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard, which if you didn't watch Dark, you might not even know that the storyline was going on. But Sean Spears has been looking for a tag partner. I like this. If you don't have anything for him, at least pretend like you have something for him. Especially considering he made the jump. I like that. MJF and Wardlow appear on screen. MJF says that he went from protege to prodigy. Uh, talked about pinning shoulders to the mats and banging rats. Had an eye-pinned Cody shirt. 
then called out Moxley. Mm-hmm. I love that they are effectively ending for now. I had so many people go, well, they can go back to it. No shit, Sherlock. They are <laughs> ending Cody and MJF right now. And the thing is, it's been going, it's went on for four months. It was a long feud, but we saw yeah. one match. We didn't see it 11 times. We didn't see it like Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin to the time, to the fact where five years from now, if they do that match again, we're all going to go, if they don't have Reigns versus Corbin again till 2025, when yeah. they book it on an episode of Raw, we'll go, oh, that in five years, if we haven't seen MJF and Cody, or if we have, there's a good chance we're going to go, cool. I remember this. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. what's one of the greatest things that is now part of the AEW repertoire? Blue Chew, it's hard the, it's, dicks. It, well, no, yes. It's the, okay. it's the go home uh, before the pape. Everybody's out <laughs> brawling with each other. Like storylines that don't actually intersect, intersect because there's a giant brawl. Everybody's going. So the one time the MJF and Cody bump into each other accidentally and then have a stare down. And that's the first time we've seen them do that in six months. The crowd at an AW arena is going to come unglued. And they don't no, even have to come to blows right then. They can do it again six months later. And when they finally reignite that feud, it's always going to be white hot because of that bubbling hatred they have for each other. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. It's perfect. Don't change what you're doing with these two, with, with this feud. It's so great. I love it. Warren, how'd you feel about this? Uh, they're moving on. It's the right thing to do. It's absolutely the right thing to do. They've elevated MJF into a credible main event heel, legitimately. You know, my only quibble with the match, uh, my main quibble with the match is I really think MJF should have won clean. I really do. That would have added so much more to all of this. But that being said, moving on here, going uh, going up against Moxley, being his first contender or challenge because i like how he also mentioned you know i'm going to become the number one contender you know because wins and losses matter so he's still undefeated as well let's let's go let's go let's take this down that that road if uh, if both moxley and uh, and he remain undefeated in singles competition right up until they butt heads and they've got another layer on top of that it's uh I think this is the one that you, you, that kind of writes itself. Yeah, yeah. Main event segment. Now, earlier in the night, Moxley had been confronted by Jericho, who said that he would go on a 60-day hiatus <laughs> if he lost tonight in a tag match, the inner circle, Sammy and Jericho against Moxley and Darby. And, uh, spoiler, he didn't lose. But I think we all kind of expected him to, Warren. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Because while he was saying that, did, did you notice the ch- the audience was chanting, Fozzie sucks. Yes. It, as he was saying that. Because oh, we're all so smart. We've all checked their tour dates before che- coming to AEW. Well, and we well, all know had, what. Yeah, if you had smart asses, you would notice there are no Wednesday dates. Exactly. Exactly, and which I thought was fantastic. Even then, I still doubted it, Warren. Even then, I was like, all right, he's taking a break for 60 days. This was a swerve of a swerve, bro, only it was good. 
They took yep. out Moxley at the beginning of the match. Darby worked from underneath the whole time. Darby looked no worse. In fact, he looked much better because he didn't stop the entire time. This ruled. Darby Darby Allen, we've mentioned we've mentioned this before, but Darby Allen is the the first homemade AEW star. Like the guy that was pulled out plucked out of the Indies and was put on this big stage, never worked in Japan and New Japan or whatever, wasn't part of the elite and they're just turning him into a mega star. It's ridiculous. Everything that happened tonight was to shine a light on him. And man, everything he does feels crisp and meaningful. That's the thing. Is that everything he does, you, you know, he puts the suicide in suicide die. Yes. You're excited, excited to see him do it because he has a complete disregard for his well-being. Everything, everything, right down to his own hot tag. He hot tagged himself <laughs> at, the, great too. at the match. It was fantastic. And people bought into it. Everyone popped. The <sighs> guy has a natural charisma. I'm going to tell you one thing. I wish JR would tone down on the Enigma stuff because, yes, JR, we get it. We get who he reminds you of. That's fine. We're good. But let the guy live on his own. He, he doesn't need to be under the shadow of another former dare, young daredevil who had no disre- who had complete disregard for his own well being as well. I, the whole match just worked so so fantastically well. Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, I feel really legitimately like each other. You know, because they they just they they take the time to appreciate what they're doing. They clown with each other in the ring. Yeah, and it feels natural. It just feels uh, – it doesn't feel forced or part of a script. I enjoyed this main event a yeah. lot. It was a really good match. And they, they put Moxley through a table at the end, and it was amazing. No, no, wait, 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 wait. They shield-bombed him yes. through a table. Yes, that was that was an amazing touch. The, the little things. Mm-hmm. We have a super chat from John Wilson saying – can we claim Mox the first Cincy champ since 1990? Is this John Milkson? Is this John Milkson? An IRL friend of mine who I caught stealing pizza out of the friend, out of one of my other friends' homes. I'll do it. I'll post the video. Can we <laughs> claim Mox the first Cincy champ? John Milkson? No. Because Rich Franklin was UFC champion. I want to say 2005, 2006, and he was a damn good one too. He's from the Cincy area. It is the it is Milkson. Damn it! My IRL peeps are hitting up my podcast. Well, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. <sighs> Did a Q and A today. It was a good one. It was a fun one. If uh, we don't do the listen, you boy, this week. You got the Distraction Podcast, hopefully with Joe Holbert and Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy Lambert's been on his deathbed, but as a wise man once said, can he play? And I think he can. Alex, what do you got going on this week? Um, You know, more ranting at at SmackDown for having the same match three, four, five weeks in a row. And hey, it's the least important Elimination Chamber pay-per-view ever. Let's all not watch it. I have never been less excited to cover a weekend full of events than this SmackDown UFC Saturday night, which, uh, by the way, has a guy who's lost three of his last four fights challenging for a title. 
and then Sunday's Elimination Chamber. And then I just know, I just get this feeling that Raw is going to complete the quartet and suck a big fat ass on Monday. Of course it is. (laughs) Warren, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. uh, Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern. I record my podcast live right there. So come on over. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I'll, I, I will be here on 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 Friday evening to uh, to chat with uh, with Sean about all of the proceedings here. So uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, at least we have each other. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. It's the most direct way to support us. Until next time, uh, make sure you get your tickets. Sean Ross Sapp, Serve Tall, presented by Primetime Pro Wrestling, Thursday, April second. Doors open at two thirty. Get the tickets. Got lots of cool announcements coming up. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.